Hello everyone, my deepest apologies for taking over a week to get this podcast out. It has been an insane week for me personally. Um, I won't go into details, but if I was to give a soccer excuse, I would have to say that I'm just still kind of unraveling after that incredible, incredible uh, World Cup final, and also kind of in mourning that the World Cup is over. So with that being said, we have over a week of things to discuss. Um, we are going to be going all over the place, so with that being said, let's get started. First off, we are going to talk about the World Cup final. Obviously, France won their second ever World Cup crown uh, this past Sunday. It was an incredible feat. Um, I am very, very glad that it was a 4-2 finish and not a 4-1, 5-1, I'm kind of glad that Croatia kind of made a game of it despite going down three goals uh, midway through the um Midway through the second half. So with that being said, you know, I always like a high-scoring final, a high-scoring soccer game, um, even though I was a defender. But I don't like it when it's a 6-1, 7-1. Unless, of course, it's my team, which is Manchester United, Portland, or even the USA. Um, but, you know, it's over. Um Commiserations to Croatia, but thank you to that nation for literally being one of the greatest uh, soccer stories this summer. From pretty much needing a draw against Ukraine on the final day of qualification in UEFA, they came out with a vengeance to you know to to make a name for themselves, and that they did. I mean. From, like I said, needed a draw to even qualify for the, I guess, intercontinental uh, playoffs. And then to do that. And then to uh, defeat Argentina 3-0. And then win multiple uh, penalty shootouts and go into added extra time several times throughout the tournament. It was just an incredible showing from them. Um... So, it's it's it sucks that Croatia that their story didn't end in glory, but if I'm being honest, you know they definitely, them and uh, the Russian national teams uh, stole the show at this World Cup. Surprisingly, um, those are two stories that I did not expect to see coming out of this. Um, but then again, that's the beauty of the uh, beautiful game. So, um, now we have to wait another four years. Um, to experience a World Cup, or we can prepare for France 2019 as the Women's World Cup is about to take center stage um, as uh, the defending champions, the United States, um, begins their qualification here in the next few months. Really looking forward to that. So now that the World Cup is officially over, sad face, was this World Cup the best World Cup ever? Obviously, 
Um, I'm 20, 20 years old, about to turn 21. I don't obviously I don't remember 1998 or 2002. I have very few memories of 2006. So, in my opinion, of the last three World Cups that I, you know, pretty much followed from beginning to end, I have to say that Russia 2018 was the best World Cup I've ever witnessed. Mainly because I and I honestly have to say this with a somewhat of a heavy heart. With the United States not being in the World Cup, it allowed me to sit back and relax and enjoy the World Cup even more. I honestly had no worries about is the United States, you know, what what happens if the United States draws or loses their first game? What happens if they win? You know, who 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 will we face if we advance to the knockout stage? Will we advance past the round of sixteen? I didn't have to worry about any of that. And you know, not just myself, many of uh, American soccer fans across the United, across the, across the country, did not have to think about that. And I think that is one of the key reasons why, from an American standpoint, it was great to see, you know, some of these stories uh, that came out of the World Cup, such as Luka Modric, you know, and obviously, you know. We, we, you know, I think that the fact that we didn't have to worry about anything um, really just made this World Cup more enjoyable. Now, your opinion might be different. You know, you might not have cared that the World Cup was even on because the U.S. wasn't even in it. But I honestly think that this is the best World Cup ever, in my opinion. That's just me. Now, will Qatar 2022 be even better. I'm not so sure and there is a reason why there's a reason why I don't think Qatar 2022 will be as good as Russia 2018 and uh I'm going to go into that uh right now. So, with Qatar 2022 obviously playing soccer in the middle of June and July in the Middle East is not an ideal situation. It is officially out there that Qatar 2022 will be played from November to mid-December, which is in between, like mid the midway point for all, you know, many if not all European clubs, and it's also the end of the uh, MLS season, you know, usually the MLS Cup is played on either the first or second weekend in December. And that just begs the question, what what is more important? Playing for your club, and if you're someone like Kylian Mbappe, you know, playing for Paris Saint-Germain, where you have multi-millions that you're making every week, that you're probably still going to get, even if you go play over in France, play over in Qatar. But, you know, which is more important? Your club team that pays you millions of dollars or wearing your national team's jersey? Are teams going to be lenient with their players making World Cup rosters in 2022, knowing that there is a chance that 
God forbid Mbappe goes in for a tackle and he tears his ACL. That could ruin his career, his time at PSG, and his time at, for the national team, and France's chances of repeating. So it's really going to be interesting to see. Of course, we have four years to figure this out and see how teams are going to fare. But if I'm being honest, stars who are either very, very young and don't want to risk take that risk or stars like Ronaldo or Messi if they're still playing for their national teams in the next World Cup I honestly can see I can honestly say that there might be some people that won't play for the national team um in 2022 because of where it's at I mean yes if someone was to tear their ACL in the World Cup final on July 15th obviously they wouldn't be back until mid-December but at the same time, if they tear their ACL in December, they won't be back for the rest of the season. And I think that is the key point that we're talking about here. So like I said, really interesting to see what teams are going to be doing, what clubs and national teams, how they're going to be working with each other to make this work. And we will see what big stars decide to show up for Qatar 2022. Coming back stateside here, um, some of the... Some of the biggest clubs in the world are currently playing across the United States in the International Champions Cup. Back before my senior year of high school in 2014, I had the chance to go to D.C. and watch Manchester United play Inter Milan. Amazing experience. Sold-out crowd at, you know, is it MNT Stadium? I don't know where the Redskins play. I can't remember. Anyway, as of right now, it has been a very, very, very poor showing um, in the this year's International Champions Cup. Um, yesterday, I saw probably two of the biggest clubs in England. You know, Manchester United playing San Jose Earthquakes, you know, at Santa Clara Stadium where the 49ers play. Looked like... It looked like someone showed up for a ML. It was like an MLS sized crowd, not Atlanta, an MLS sized crowd in a fo- major football stadium. It was sad. As a soccer fan, it was kind of sad to see roughly that, st- that stadium not even 25% full. And, you know, at Bank of America Stadium up in Charlotte, you know, Liverpool, Champions League runners up against Dortmund, who has Pulisic, um, you know, the the future of American soccer. That stadium, was, even though it was more full than what United had, it still wasn't what it, what, it, what we would have hoped to see, which is a sought-out crowd. Um, now, will that change when Liverpool and Manchester United face off in Ann Arbor at the big house? I can see that. I really can. Um... But I think with some of the players that have decided not to come over after World Cup duties, um, for instance, like Pogba, I'm not sure if he's over there. I know Sanchez, after getting his papers corrected and everything, he's finally back over here in the he's back over in the United he's back in the United States. Oh, tongue tied there for a second. But there aren't any many big names that have really come over, um, and if they have come over, they're not playing. So I think that's why people are very. You know, they're second guessing on getting tickets and things because 
You know, they don't want to spend 100 bucks on a ticket and not see Mo Salah play. Not even see him warm up. I mean, it's really, you know, I think this has probably been one of the biggest flops of the International Champions Cup since it started a couple years ago. Now to some local soccer. By local, I mean what's going on down here in my area, Myrtle Beach, as well as maybe, you know, it's it's national. I guess you could say it's national. But the national semifinalists are set for the 2018 Premier uh, United Soccer League Premier Developmental League. Wow, that's a mouthful. Pretty much the PDL Final Four is set. Um, three unbeaten teams came in. Des Moines Minutes, uh, South, Georgia, South Georgia Tormenta FC, and Reading United. Um, Reading United was the only unbeaten team at a record of now 14 wins, 0 losses, 2 ties to advance to the National Semifinals. They will take on Villages SC. Um, they defeated South Georgia Tormented, the host of the Southern Conference playoffs this past Friday, to advance. And then they beat a team who had 22 wins in the last two years, and Sima uh, Aguilas, um, who are out of Mount Verde Academy. Um, that game will be the 28th at 7 p.m. On the flip side, going out west, Calgary Foothills FC are into the final, uh, into the semifinals, that is. But the most surprising team as of right now is Chicago FC United. I hope I said that right. If not, it's probably Chicago United FC. They started the year on a five-game win streak. They ended the year losing five out of their nine games, only winning two out of those nine. And of those five losses, four of them were to Des Moines Menace. Um, they lost by combined goals of 14-2. to two. But out of nowhere, Chicago United FC qualified for their conference playoffs. They advanced to the final to play Des Moines, who was 14-0-1, only one draw. And Chicago beat Des Moines. And it was pro- it was probably the biggest upset in PDL uh, history. Um, so now Chicago will play Calgary. That game is set to kick off at ten o'clock on the July twenty eighth. Um, and like I said, you know, we will obviously with the Charlotte Eagles not um, making the playoffs, we will have a new PDL champion, and that will be decided, you know, in the, in, the, in the coming in the coming weeks. So really big stuff coming out from the future players on USL teams and MLS teams. Speaking of Premier Developmental League, um, unfortunately, one of the teams that Reading United um, beat to advance to the National Semifinals was my, I guess you'd call Myrtle Beach my hometown now because I live here and I go to school here. But the Myrtle Beach Mutiny were knocked out in a thrilling 4-3 game against Reading. Reading United, um, the Mutiny finished their season uh, once again not being able to get that first PDL postseason win. Um, even though it is their second season, um, they were champions of the South Atlantic Division last year. Were shocked early. Um, this team, not so you know, this time it wasn't as big of a shock, but it was still it's still upsetting when you win your division. 
especially in the fashion that Myrtle Beach did. Um, and it was it, it was it was tough to to watch that game, um, but that team needs to keep their head high. I know that they might have to reload the roster just a little bit uh, next summer, but I can guarantee you that in the next five years, the Myrtle Beach Mutiny will be holding a premier development developmental league title. Um, you heard it here first. Uh, like I said, you know, huge. Congrats to the Mutiny on a terrific season. Thank you for all that you guys do um, in bringing soccer to the Grand Strand, Ori County, you know, pretty much this part of South Carolina. Um, really looking forward to seeing what you guys are able to do next year and hopefully get a third straight PDL division title and a fifth straight division title dating back to their days in the MPSL. Staying local... But finishing up here, we have college soccer in less than a month. Uh, exhibition games are about to be going down here first few days of August. Um, obviously, all eyes are on Stanford to see if they can be the first team to four-peat in a long, long time. I believe Virginia did it back in the 90s. Um, and especially, you know, all eyes are here on Coastal. They Well, they won... The Sunbelt for the second time in a row. Um, they made a surprising run, uh, beating Clemson at Clemson, a team that was, you know, favored to go pretty far. And while they did, while Coastal did lose to eventual national champion Stanford, um, you know that you know Coastal has a great roster this year. Obviously, a lot of other uh, Carolina teams do, such as Clemson, UNC. UNC, of course, was a, a semifinalist last year. Wake Forest, who, as we know, always, always a national, national powerhouse. Um, and then Furman was in the ranks last year. Furman, the, uh, you know, the college team of Clint Dempsey. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, some great things coming out of the Carolinas this, this, uh, this, this fall. So, you know, people, people need to realize that. Well, yes, there are a lot of great players that the MLS has that came up through academies. Some of them played college ball as well, and they need to pay attention to where's some of these pay attention to some of these guys because you know eventually you know the, the, who can, who knows they could be like Clint Dempsey, play for Furman, even though he didn't win a national title, he eventually moved on to the national team for uh, USA, and you know a couple stints overseas. Now he's you know one of the greatest you know MLS players, especially one of the greatest uh, men's national team players. So be sure to keep your eyes out on the college kids this year. And with that being said, it is time to peace out. Um, unfortunately, we will be doing the same situation where it'll be a couple days till I can get a podcast out, mainly because I'm going on a birthday trip this upcoming weekend. Um, starting Wednesday night, maybe, maybe early Thursday morning. I'm not entirely sure. Um, my mother has, uh, has put together this elaborate plan for my birthday. So uh, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know if we're staying here in Myrtle Beach, if we're traveling across the country, overseas. Probably not um, because it is only for three days. Um, 
But like I said, I have no idea what's going on. She's given me little details, and she's had five man five months to plan this out. So, if I you don't hear from me for a ever again, my mother did it. Um, but with that being said, you know, be sure to tune in in the next few days to for another podcast where we'll be covering probably the PDO championships uh, or or national semifinals as well as. A, a closer, more in-depth look at some of the soccer teams, college soccer teams, that is, as well as some MLS uh, updates and some transfer news if some big transfers go down. There's a lot of talk going out there, so until then, you know, keep on following the beautiful game.